forever. <laughs> Dog. Manila. The trees growing out. I'm feeling extra glamorous tonight. Don't be a bitter bitch. Just make them eat it, honey. <laughs> Welcome to The Chop with Latrice and Manila. Where we give you the weekly recap and rundown of our favorite movies. Who's on top? And who gets the chop? <laughs> <laughs> Let's chop it up! Yeah! Oh, whoa, whoa. Well, welcome back to the Chop Movie Club, everyone. We're so glad to have you. This week, we're doing The Boys in the Band 2020. Now, this plot um, takes place uh, in New York, uh, 1968. Michael hosts a birthday party for his friend, Harold, and their group of gay gooses that are all there. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> a surprise guest, and a drunken game leave them all reckoning and unspoken feelings and buried truths and reading. Lots of reading, honey. <laughs> I know. There was so much reading in this movie. Uh, I felt like I was watching uh, subtitles on Drag Race Holland. <laughs> <laughs> so much reading, bitch. <laughs> um. So The Boys in the Band is a play by Mark Crowley, and it premiered off-Broadway in 1968, a year before the Stonewall Riots. So, like, that's just kind of a little perspective on, like, Get the time period, that. right? Yes. And then the the play was revived on Broadway 50 years later um, in 2018, and they turned it now into... A film. Well, it was a. It had turned. It had been made into a film in 1970, and now they're doing a remake Revo of, yeah. of the. And they use the the Netflix movie, 2020 uses all the actors from the, uh, eight the 20, 2018 Broadway revival, and all of the actors are openly homosexual men. Unlike last week, where we were watching a bunch of straight actors playing drag queens. <laughs> We got some gays we got some that gays. are being them authentic, authentic selves, honey. Just gay. An extra Just gay. gay. Yeah. Yes. Um, so it's, it's, I think it's really interesting. We have the cast is Jim Parsons that we know as Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory on CBS. Mm -hmm. We got Zachary Quinto, who plays Spock in the Star Trek movies. Mm -hmm. Matt Bomber, who is just... Sexy as hell as always. He's from White Collar. Um, Andrew Reynolds, Charlie Carver. Charlie Carver's from. Uh, I just watched him in Ratchet on Netflix. Nurse Ratchet. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, he's the yeah. one with the scar. He's like the nurse with the scar on his face. Robin De Jesus. Yes. Brian Hutchinson, Michael Benjamin in Washington, and Tuck Watkins. Such a great cast. Amazing cast. Uh, these, yeah, I've been watching these boys for a few years and uh, on different shows and whatnot. And, you know, I'm a fan. I, I, I'm a true stand because 
they're doing the damn thing. You know what I mean? They are doing <laughs> the damn thing, and I love every minute of it. They're showing, they're flexing their acting chops by playing these characters because these are. This is not the Sheldon. From, this is not the Sheldon I know <laughs> from, from Big, Big Bang, Bang Theory. <laughs> this is some shady, no. shady no. ass homo uh, who is hosting a party. <laughs> We have uh, we have dysfunction. We have cattiness. We got people getting drunk. Uh, what do you think of the portrayal of the 1960s gay men in New York, Latrice? I mean, this is a, a specific group of gays. Let's let's be real. Like mm-hmm. these are the OG gays. They were closeted, but once together in their secret groups, you know, their underground groups, they were really free to be who they were. And so they showed out, you know what I mean? They, they, they were truly themselves amongst each other, but this is the time where you can go to jail for being gay. You know, you can be arrested, you know? Yeah. It's so crazy watching this because you think like, Oh, like this is like these like little like dinner parties or, you know, like that's the only place where they were able to kind of like really, express themselves you know like queen out have a key key and then they have to go back out into the real world and kind of hide all that yeah so we watch these characters um and how much that environment like plays on their on on their personalities absolutely interesting absolutely do you have your i have i have my favorites already like (laughs) <laughs> from the baby from the jump street the irony of this whole entire movie or film or play it takes place in one setting like there it's an apartment a new york apartment and you have that's it the apartment so you have whatever rooms are in that apartment the little balcony area but it all takes place basically in this one area and a lot of shit goes down we learn a lot about these dudes well, I mean, because it's like based on the play where you would pre- pretty much just like you would show up and this the set is probably the apartment, right? Yeah. And yeah. everything takes place in this apartment. But it's like one of those um things where like you you can't change scenery. So everyone that's there is kind of stuck in this one place. Yeah. And because we're all kind of confined in this like moment or this this area, like the you know, the claws come out people's true colors show mm-hmm. you know the, the mm-hmm. people we're having fun one moment we're dancing and whatever and then next thing we're all like reading each other and like you know it's a group of friends stuck in a little house it's you know very very 2020 quarantine fish <laughs> it's very bad <laughs> if you were to have a birthday party or a covid party yeah yeah so um michael uh who I think I, I would consider like the main character, um, played by Jim Parsons, is hosting a dinner party for his friend Harold, his mm. birthday. And um so his friend Donald, played by Matt Bomber, uh comes into the city and you know, they, like you could tell that they you could tell that they've they fucked at some point. <laughs> You know, and then yeah, and then yeah. They, they're not they're not fucking anymore, but they still. But it's happened. Are, yeah, yeah, that that part of the relationship is no longer, but that you know it still exists. You know, I thought it was a very like honest and real uh, uh representation of like a, a of gay relationships or gay friendships. Like, oh yeah. You, you might have like, oh, you might have dated in the beginning, but like you realize like, okay, you actually we're better. We're better friends. about friends. Yeah, let's just be sisters. Um, and then we have Emery, Emery, 
Oh my god. Emery is the fun flamboyant friend. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Emery is like my favorite character because like she's just like unapologetically queeting out the the entire time. And normally I I am like like girl 5G's, you know what I mean? Like when they're just that flamey. But in this situation, I am here for Emery because he's the truth. He's one hundred percent truth, you know. So, yeah, and it's it's funny because his character is gay and is flamboyant. Like, really, it really scratches on the nerves of some of the of the other characters who are trying to hide or or internalize their homosexuality, mm-hmm. and then you have like the person that's completely opposite who's just like. You look gonna, at him, you know he's gay. Like, you you just want to, like... She's going to get us clocked at the, you know, <laughs> when we go out, she's going to get us clocked if we're in a group. <laughs> Trust and believe. She's going to be the one. <laughs> yeah. And then we have uh, Larry and Hank, who are, like, the, the couple. Um, you know, like, a little bit dysfunctional. We find out that, um, you know, one of the characters is he's just he's been married he has got two kids and he's divorcing his wife and now he's like living his truth with his his boyfriend uh or roommate as they call right. it in the beginning of the back of the in the play. day honey that's how yes. to say yeah um and there's like it, there's an interesting dynamic of these two like you can tell that there's like they've been fighting before they got to the, the party you can tell that they're not talking. There's some tension going There's on. Definitely tension. I've <laughs> I've experienced that in my own relationship. Like we go to a party and like we had just gotten to a fight in the car, so we get to the party and we're like, okay, like all right, we're supposed to be having a good time, but I can't have a good time and still like be. <laughs> We've all been there, girl. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> and then we have Bernard, who's played by Michael Benjamin. Um, Washington, and he's like, you know, like the geeky librarian. Yes. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. But there's lots of conversation about drinking too much. Like, apparently, you know, they go, you know, ham in the hallway. To be honest, like, that's, gays really that's love to they, drink. That's what gays do. That's well, what gays do. It's, do you think it's because, like, we would have to kind of just go to, like, bars like it, it, like back in the well, day, the, like you'd have you'd have to go to like some underground bar, yeah, and, and like just get drunk and kind of like you know have a little bit of liquid courage to kind of come out of your shell, so you could well because you know, back then you didn't have the keyboard to hide behind, you know, you had to actually meet people to hook up, you know, so yeah, you do need a little liquid courage or or you know a little toot toot, a little bump bump or something something <laughs> get your, get your courage up, and then you you know you 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 know you do your thing and try to pull a trade. At the club. Yeah. I mean, and they're like joking about like, you know, how they're all kind of closeted and like to the outside world and, you know, getting drunk to have sex and then saying, Christ, I was drunk last night. Oh, that's why. <laughs> right. That's, that's why I did why it. I let this guy suck my dick. <laughs> oh, that's why. <laughs> oh, it's because I was drunk last night. And they're that's even like a... saying, and they're even saying like, oh, yeah. You still remember it, but you still use the excuse I was drunk last night. Of yeah. course you do. <laughs> Trapped at this party, I would probably definitely be, be I'm definitely having a cocktail. I'm having a cocktail right now. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm having a little wine. I mean, we're gay and this is what we do. It makes everything a little bit more fun. 
Yeah, we, I, I know. I thought about, like the, the heavy drinking is obviously like something that I can relate to. You remember when we were on like that drag cruise? That's what I'm back? saying, girl. And they ran out of liquor, then- bitch. <laughs> now, how do you run out of liquor on a cruise, bitch? Because you didn't have a bunch of gays on it before. <laughs> <laughs> that was like we had like we had like drank all the alcohol dry off this cruise ship dry in like ship, three honey. nights. And they it was like a seven-day cruise. Yeah, they had to <laughs> stop midway, get a, go to port and get an order in, honey. Helicopter <laughs> that shit in. We need vodka. Absolute rum. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, why don't we take a little bit of a break and we'll come back with more boys in the band. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! And we are back to the chop, and we are reviewing Boys in the Band, honey. And this apartment's getting a little steamy. <laughs> yes, for sure. I mean, it seems like at first it seems like a fun party with a bunch of the friends, right? But then oh, yeah. Alan shows up, who is Michael's former roommate in college mm-hmm. crashes the birthday party. He like, he kind of makes like a distressed, like sad crying uh, phone call early on in the movie. And he's like, I, I gotta come see you, please. And then he's like, oh, never mind. No, I'm cool. Never mind. I, yeah. I'm good. And then he like and shows, then up. shows up. Now that part, you would have got red had that been my house. Cause that, that shit don't fly with me. You don't say I'm not coming then you just show up, bitch. No. Yeah. It, it, Come invite yourself crying, and then and then twenty minutes later, like say, "Oh, never mind, I'm cool," and then then show up unexpectedly. Clearly, you need help. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> but all the boys are in there; they're all dancing around, right? Yeah, having a good time and just queening out, doing the like choreography, you know? And then this Alan character comes and all of a sudden now Michael is like, really like, ooh, okay, stop, stop acting super gay. Like, he, he kind of, he like, I think he suspects that uh, Alan knows that he's gay, but like, this is, I think, the first time that like, now it's for sure, for sure. Like, he's right. all we're of not his... in school anymore. This is real life. This is, this is, yeah. So now you're gonna catch me in my, my natural habitat. <laughs> In my element of faggotry. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. this definitely happens to me. Uh, like when I'm like, okay, like let's, let's like, while the, the straight people are around, let's try to like, you know, not scare them too much. Let's blend in. We're blending. This, this actually happened to, this actually happened to me like last weekend. Um, we had gone to a, a like me and a couple friends. We like went to a cabin up in Big Bear, and the heat wasn't working. So like the guy from the Airbnb had come over to fix the heat, but we were like getting drunk and we were dancing and just being really gay. And then this like straight guy comes in, and I'm just thinking like, okay, let's like not act so extra because like we're out in the middle of the woods. Like I, I'm really thinking this could be some some crazy horror story, you know? Like right. <laughs> So I was I trying mean... to, like, not be super gay. <laughs> but, like, we were already, like, into the party. And we were already drunk. So it was really diff- It was just like this movie where I was like, oh, shit. Uh, let's try not to be such a 
flaming homosexual. Let me just uncross <laughs> my legs. <laughs> Be a man's man, a manly man. Mm-mm. But you can tell that this Alan character definitely has some uh, some demons he's trying to suppress. Oh, truly. Like, he has some angry demons that are trying to twinkle out that ass, but he's trying to hold it in. And you can kind of tell that this Alan character, he seems like very, like, accepting of some of the gays who are a little bit more, like, reserved or straight acting. You can see that he, like, kind of, like, you know, leans closer to Hank, who's the, you know, the he's the the guy that was, you know, he was married, he has kids. You so know, he that, felt like he had something in common with a this little dude. Something this in dude common. knows what it's like. But he go. hates Miss oh, he Thing hates over the swishy, oh. swishy McBride over here. <laughs> because that's his mirror, and that's the truth, and he doesn't want to see that. He can't see that. Which is, I think it was really well done. Because, like, yeah, the people, a lot of people who are homophobic, especially towards, like, us effeminate homosexual ladies, men's, drag queens and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, we scare. We scare. With our, with our femininity, we scare some people who are, 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 like, they're afraid that they look like that. So, like, they, like, want to hate on us a little bit more, you know? Yeah, that, yeah, that too, which is, you know. Pretty sad in itself, but bitch, you got to know who you are and be comfortable in your skin, bitch, at this, you grown-ass man, you know. But there is a singing telegram that shows up, a midnight cowboy that Emery paid for. But oh, yes. He I... don't obviously have a watch because he shows up early. Ain't yes. nothing like a bitch that shows up early. Now, what we supposed to do with your ass? You're supposed to be the surprise. You're supposed to be the, the ta-da. And you sitting up in here with us. Well, he was a hustler. He wanted to get that paycheck. Well, he wanted to make that sure. part two, honey. The cowboy hustler, you know, present for Harold. He's not the brightest tool in the shed. Baby, he's just a tool. <laughs> he's <laughs> just a tool. I think it's, I think he's such a sweetheart. I mean, he's, he's very attractive, dumb as rocks. And the entire party is just, like, not afraid to tell him that he's beautiful but dumb as rocks. Like, to his face. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and he's just nodding like he's like, well, I'm not that stupid. I know I'm beautiful and I know I'm dumb as rocks. But here I, I'm still here. I'm here. Yeah. And y'all and are I'm... stupid enough to pay for it. So, hello. Oh, and then I, they asked, like, how much are they paying? How much are you? How much are we paying for you? And he said $20. I gagged. But then... Bitch. I looked it up. I was like, what does $20 in 1968 translate with inflation? And it's about $150. Okay. So he All wasn't right. He wasn't a cheapo. He wasn't I ain't that cheapo. Yeah. Uh, she ain't no gold digger, but I ain't saying she a broke broke. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, then Harold finally shows up to his own birthday oh, party. Zachary Quinto. In this, Baby. like, 1968, like, vibe with the glasses and his, like, little hair. His, his Jufro, full <laughs> curls, just head full of hair, sunglasses. The tinted cool frames. Cool as shit. Cool as shit. Can't be bothered. And she is above it all, honey. Because what had happened was a fight broke out, right? Mm-hmm. Miss Allen, honey. Miss Insecure Allen, honey. She, uh... Hauls off and lashes out at Miss Emery, punches, punches her, her in the face, and calls her a faggot. 
Now, you you can't do that. We can, <laughs> but you can't do that. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, like, who, who are you? Why are you still here? Like, oh. what are you doing? You coming into this house and then punching people? And then you won't even leave after this? I, that part, you are no longer welcome. You are punching bitches up in my house. But Michael is just, that's what drives him over to the booze bar, bitch. And he breaks all sobriety. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Michael had been, like, sober for, like, he was saying, like, he was he bragging. Was five like, weeks. Like, he was good. He was on a little streak. But this pushed him over the edge and off the wagon, baby, and into the vodka, rum, tequila, whatever they was drinking, brown liquor. Um, and his whole entire mood completely shifts. And he's a new, he's a new, a new Michael with an attitude. Yes. So when Harold finally shows up, like he's walking into his birthday party and it is like awkward. Mm-hmm. But like Harold, uh, he's like telling it like it is. Like he knows exactly like he's he's one of those like gays that like knows himself, accepts himself, flaws and all, wears his heart on his sleeve. Like he's like, I am what did he say? What did he say? I'm a pock faced Jew. Jew. Faggot, whatever. And if it takes me a little extra time to pull myself together, and if I might want to take a little smoke a toke, <laughs> it's nobody's goddamn business, honey. When I tell you he read Michael for points. <laughs> for points. I lived. So, I mean, things are like, things are heated, but then it starts to rain, and they're like on the balcony. They, so they all kind of have to, like, now go inside. They leave the cake out in the rain, you know, MacArthur Bitch, Park style. Completely. Um, and now they're trapped even in more confined spaces. And Michael kind of holds everyone hostage with this weird telephone game where he says oh. that you have to call up a person that you've always loved and you have to tell them that you love them. This is an interesting, like, game. Like, I was like, oh, so this is what people did before we had internet? Yeah, but I <laughs> or, never played that shit. Like, who does that? That's I, some dangerous truth or dare shit right there. That is but definitely some dangerous truth or dare <laughs> shit right there. Yes. Oh, oh, Like, this is, not, this is not prank calls. Like, this is, no. like, really putting yourself out there. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. First of all, I gotta say, like, I don't know, understand why anyone at this party, after everything that's happened right now, would agree to do this. But I guess it, like, you know, forwards the plot. <laughs> I mean, I'm here for it. I'm just real, like, impressed that they know anybody's number by heart. <laughs> that part. That part. <laughs> but, like, uh, but call uh, somebody with what? Like... Yeah, and not just like oh, calling your like oh, calling like your office or like your no, your, like, a, it's no, some... calling like your. High Long school lost. sweethearts, mom's house. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Back then, everybody had the same number for 20, 30, 40 years. You know, it's been the same number, less digits. I liked this part because we got to see like some flashbacks and um, some graphic up close nude shots. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not mad about that. I'm not, yes. We got to see uh, Matt Bomber's ass at the beginning of the movie, but this. Oh, bitch. <laughs> Bernard is, like, recalling how he, um, you know, had, like, this boy that, you know, they had, like, a, a you know, a thing one weekend. They, like, went skinny dipping in a pool. And, ooh, honey. I was not expecting to see that much nudity up on my Netflix, girl. <laughs> Netflix will do it for you. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan Murphy. We really appreciate that. We really appreciate for real. that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll watch this movie again just for this one flashback just for that. scene. I mean, <laughs> then Emery tells his story about Delbert and calls him and gets heartbroken all over again. Like, that's the danger of playing this game, is that, like, if it didn't work back then, chances are that ship has been done sailed, you know? Yeah. Been done. Yeah, and then for the rest of the, the rest of the film, the Bernard is just like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. What the hell was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a bad idea, <laughs> girl. Then we have the Hank and Larry thing. You know, Hank and Larry have been fighting this whole time. And then we find out that, you know, like, Hank is still kind of, like, dealing with, like, his divorce and still kind of, like, accepting of his new homosexual life and his, his partner. Um, Larry is, uh, he's... It's interesting because he's kind of like, they don't really say open relationship, but he's kind of like, you know, alluding to the fact that he wants an open relationship. Hank mm-hmm. doesn't really because he's like kind of more of that, you know, straight lace monogamous Traditional. type. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like a really like interesting way that he does. He calls, Hank calls his own house. He calls the doorman of his apartment building to tell uh, the doorman to leave a message for his roommate, Larry that he loves him thus like kind of in a way uh exposing his gay relationship to the doorman the of doorman yeah. yeah yeah he's not my roommate he's actually i love him <laughs> i actually thought that was like a really really cute moment for sure absolutely absolutely michael's kind of like keeping alan there like he's like not letting him leave he's like we're gonna play this game you're gonna play next who you calling who you calling bitch and Michael tells Alan, like, oh, you, you, back in college, I know you liked this Justin guy. I know you liked him. You always talked about how handsome he was and how good he was at sports and how thick his hair was and how throbbing his <laughs> visible penis line was in his sweatpants. <laughs> so now it's starting to make sense to me. Like, you can tell that, like, maybe, maybe Michael knew that Alan was a closeted homosexual and maybe they had feelings. I'm not sure what was going on there, but there's definitely like a, hey, if I had to come out, you should come out. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Alan calls. Oh, Alan calls. And we think he's calling Justin, but then it actually turns out he called his wife. Right. Oh, so he's definitely not playing this game properly. He's not playing it right (laughs) at all. I thought that Michael wanted Alan to call him. That's what I think deep down inside. I think so too. Yes. That Michael had a, has a, obviously has a thing for Alan or had a thing for Alan. Yeah. Or, or at the least he just wants Alan to fucking come out already. Come out. Yeah. Like just admit it, girl. Like Mm -hmm. he's like, you could have left at any time, but you're still here. You, we didn't invite you, but you came, (laughs) you already knew the faggotry that's happening right now, but you're still hanging around here. Like what's up girlfriend. Yeah. I don't know how they let her still stay in the party and she didn't punch somebody in the face. So she would have been escorted out of my house. If it was my house. I'm just saying. Yes, for sure. Punching, for sure. punching bitches up in here. But it, it, it makes for some good drama. Some it good, does. good stage play, whatever. You got to keep the antagonists around, right, PP? Anyway, we're going to take a short break. 
We are back and the drama of Boys in the Band, Netflix 2020. Ooh. You should talk about the girls in the apartment, honey, the boys in the band. I was waiting for the band to show up, but it's the girls in the apartment, honey, that's kicking. That's what it should be called. Well, Michael is getting really drunk and really aggressive, and I, you know, like this doesn't seem like a party that I'd want to be staying at. But here we are. Oh my god! Then Harold lets Michael have it, honey. He tells him he's a self-hating gay man, and that's why he lashes out at everyone. He takes his gifts and and just takes his midnight cowboy with him. He's like, I'm. Out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Leaving Michael on the floor crying. Oh, my God. Then Bernard and Emery leave, and Bernard is really distraught that he made the call back home, which you shouldn't have did it, girl. You shouldn't have did it. I mean, yeah, I I felt bad. Like, he has to, like, you know, it obviously, like, took a toll on him all those years ago. And now it's, like, resurfaced, Mm -hmm. opened up a new wound. He's, like, Mm -hmm. leaving. He's, like, why did I do that? Like, why did I do that? That's a stupid thing for me, too. (laughs) Because you're drunk. (laughs) (laughs) You've been drinking, Mary. Yeah, Michael is, yeah, he kind of, like, realizes, like, I hate myself. Like, I'm such a self like loathing homosexual man like why do i hate myself so much he's like he he's kind of struggling with the whole religious side of things he so he's like i'm going to like walk this off i'm going to go to midnight mass pray some of this gay away and maybe it'll make me feel a little bit better i mean it's kind of it, it's kind of interesting because he just really kind of is one of these gays that really is like a, he hates himself. He hates being, he hates the fact that he's gay at this moment. Well, yeah. I, I mean, there wasn't a, there was nothing called gay pride back then. You know, there was yeah. no pride in being gay. It was scary to be gay. It was an abomination. You were going to hell or jail or whatever. It was not a good thing. So we're, we were taught, they were taught, to hate themselves and he did he totally was like he drank the kool-aid and i don't know it's just it's 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 really tough to think about the times back then i mean do you think back in 1968 the parties were you know with gay men were like this like this is what they did i mean i imagine because like at the end of the movie, it just kind of, like, leaves it like kind of open-ended. Like, it's you know, Michael so... just runs off into the night, mm-hmm. and we never, like... And then it's, like, credits. You're like, huh, interesting. There wasn't really, like, an interesting There like, was no resolution. ending, girl. I, there was no resolution, no nothing. I don't know what had happened. You left just kind of feeling like, huh, well... Oh. Well, okay, well, that, that, was that, the... didn't, that, didn't, that didn't go completely well. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I guess, like, yeah, like, there was, this is before the Stonewall riots, so, like, everyone kind of, in this time, I can imagine that everything was kind of, like, brewing. There wasn't, like, this social, like, um, you know, taking to the streets kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. So everything is, like, kind of internalized, or you're lashing out at, at your loved ones instead mm-hmm. of at the, you know, the people that are really oppressing you or the, or the social norms that have been established. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can imagine that, I can imagine that this is, 
a typical <laughs> party for some for like a group of gays, like a, a yeah. group of friends. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, I could totally see it, totally see it, but it just left me feeling sad in a way because to me, the only true happy one was Emery. Yeah, he was the one that brought joy to the entire room and plot and the whole gig. Um, he was the light and the truth. And he was so everything that the social norm was against. But he's the one that like seemed to be the happiest out of the, the group. The happiest out of the one because he knew yeah. who he was and he did not care about what other people thought about him. And that's the ultimate goal because this whole movie is just self-loathing. <laughs> it's the just, whole thing. <laughs> the yeah. whole thing. Everybody Even hates themselves. At the end of the movie, Michael even says, like, show me a happy homosexual and I'll show you a gay corpse. I mean, how how morbid and dark is that? (laughs) Jesus. I mean, (sighs) but I, you know, like, my coming out experience, like, decades after this movie or this this play, not this particular movie, but like the play and the original was created when, when the time period in which it takes place. Like, I still get it. Like, even as, even coming out, the coming out experience, it might seem a little bit easier nowadays. Uh, it, it's still the same kind of vibes if you come out, like, at 15 or if you come out as, like, like a 25-year-old or you mm-hmm. come out as a 40-year-old man. Like, these are all the things that you have to, like, work against because we've been taught, you know, this is how men, this is how men act. And this is, you know, we don't. We don't want you to be effeminate. All this stuff that makes you just kind of like hate yourself. And there's lots of self-hate. There's like people, uh, Michael just hates the fact that he's getting old and he's balding. You know? I mean, I mean these yes. are the things. Yeah. I hate that I'm getting old and I hate that my hair, my hairline is receding. Thank God I have a whole fucking like drawers full of lace strip wigs that I can just plop on my head. But damn, yeah. I... <laughs> And they're even like hating on the young, stupid, beautiful guy because they're just like, oh, we're all old. And, you know, it's just so much like, you know, there's there's no self-love. And I At feel like. All. I mean, especially like growing up in like the 40s and 50s, 60s, you know, society deemed homosexuality as a psychological issue. Like you were insane. If you were gay, you were. <laughs> considered crazy yeah, and you have to get a lobotomy she, to like yeah. get your gay off you know yeah, like, like whoa it's just oh my god we come a long way we still got a long way to go but we it just goes to show like times were so different but not a lot has changed when you yes. really get to the brass roots and gra- brass tacks of things you know we've come a long way but this movie play storyline is all so still relevant so very relevant to today because we have a lot of our lgbtq uh family who loathe and hate themselves um because they're not what their parents expect them to be you know yeah they're not living up to the social norm or whatever and um for me, watching this, it gave me relief in knowing that I'm so proud of who I am and what I've overcome and and what I will not give in to. And uh, it's, it's, it's about strength and perseverance. And, 
these boys were depressed. <laughs> they were, this, it was a kind of a depressing movie, definitely, to watch. Yeah. But I think it's very important, that especially, like, watching this. It's, like, a really important uh, film, a very important play. Um, it, it's very important to see that it's, like, being uh, acted by op- openly gay actors. Uh, like, it's really the story of, well, a story of, you know, gay men in a specific time. And I feel like we all can kind of like have something that we can relate to it in a way. Uh, I guess it's kind of hopeful because it is important that we, uh, we are informed of our past. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And this is also another thing I noticed because this is like before like the, you know, this is before Stonewall riots. This is before the AIDS pandemic. Uh, So this is like a very unique moment in time. Um, so it it was a it was a very interesting and dramatic piece to sit and watch. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But I mean, I enjoyed it. I I mean, the ending obviously was very like left me like feeling unresolved and a little bit like, oh, I hope these boys find some happiness, you know, outside of the booze bottle. Um, because that's <laughs> the other thing, you know, because you know they they drank and they put on these facades of how fabulous their life was. And that was one of the reads that Harold let Michael have. He was like, no matter what you say about me, I pay for it. Because Michael's living this fantasy and his loveliness, and he ain't, none of that shit is his. That yeah. apartment, it was all being paid by for some other, by somebody else or some kind of other situation where he doesn't really own anything that he can call his, you know? He doesn't and even own his own sexuality. That and that's part, really what it comes that, down that to. That really comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like, I loved this film because it really does, it does show, like, the dynamics of, like, a group of, of friends. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you, you'd be having a good old time. You guys dancing to, like, you know, the whatever dance is, like, popular <laughs> at the time. And then it ends... It ends with one of y'all getting too drunk and fucking reading the other bitches while the other ones have to sit there and be like, I can't believe she said that, but like, oh, I'm here for it. And I understand why none of those, none of those queens left the party because oh, that, no. that, that, that was some drama. <laughs> Bitch, there's no cameras. Like, we got, we got to stay to see how this shit turns out. And yes, you don't want to miss it if I this leave. This is I'm 1968. Gonna... <laughs> they didn't have RuPaul's Drag Race to get that off. <laughs> So we're going to do our tops and our chops of The Boys in the Band, the 2020 Netflix film. Thank you, Ryan Murphy, for bringing this uh, from the stage revival to the screen. So we all can watch this. Yes. Yes. what is your favorite, your top moment from this film? Oh, my God. My top moment was actually Harold's entrance. Um, (laughs) Like, she showed up so unbothered. And and then when Michael tried to let her have it for not being there at what seven thirty dash eight o'clock or whatever whatever time it was supposed to be <laughs> yeah yeah um, he was he let her have it full force and said bitch look I might take some time to pull it together but I'm here and I'm smoking my weed on the way bitch yes <laughs> God you know I live for that. 
<laughs> yeah, I think it's so funny because like in 1968, like smoking a little, uh, smoking a little doopy was so, like it was so such, a big deal. Oh, and now it's just like, oh, we went to the shop and we got a lotion with weed in it. <laughs> some lube with some weed in it. Yeah, funny. Get everything high. <laughs> Uh, my top was uh, seeing all these amazing actors um, come back and do this and do this uh, this film for us. I, the acting is so good, so good, so good. They were true fags. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, and I can I use that word faggotry because um, it's poetic when I use it that way. So faggotry, let me explain for the children yes, out there yes. so y'all don't be like writing emails and say, oh, you said faggot. Yeah, yeah. I can say that. Um, I once was one. But um, faggotry, honey, it's an art form because when you can, when you combine your messiness of being a messy gay and you turn that into being an artful reader, that's faggotry at its highest. So you can be wrong as you can. Wrong as two left shoes, baby. But you will not let them know that you're wrong, honey. You're going to defend it and stand by your actions 100%. That's high faggotry. So that's your new, new vocabulary word for today. Yeah. <laughs> no, because it's crazy because, like, you know, I, I think, like, Michael is, like, the main character. And, and you know, you're 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 kind of, like, with him at some points and then you're like ooh baby like you're going too far you know like it's like it's like a love hate relationship uh-huh. like, throughout the whole thing all these characters um were so well written so well acted there was there's it, no one was a one note no. character mm-hmm. and definitely like this is a uh a, a ahead of its time showcasing something that most people probably unless you were a gay man with a group of gay friends had any clue like how these people lived their lives so it was you know it was very very interesting and they were complex characters um and it was very very fun to watch so good what about your chops what was the chop the chop was alan the gay bashing i couldn't I, i wanted to oh i wanted to reach through the screen had i been there baby it would have been a different situation when you punch um Emery in the face, honey, I, all hell would have broke loose. I, I couldn't stand by that. Um, but so that's my chop. Don't put your hands on nobody. Yeah. And that's just a loving way. <laughs> <laughs> if it's in a flashback scene with nudity in a pool, yeah. then you can put your hands on. No, but. Uh... <laughs> know what my chop is of this movie i think that it's um it 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 took me a second i think and this is something that like and in the beginning i had a problem with but by the time it was over i was like totally invested but like it it, there's always like a a problem when you have like a stage play that you turn into a film you know like there's a there's like a little i think it 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 was like i'm like there's a lot of like long monologues that these oh. these actors are, are <laughs> delivering in the beginning. Soapboxes, honey, yes. So I, I, that was like a, a thing I was having a hard time with in the beginning. But by the time they started playing that telephone game, I was like, ooh, this is juicy. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I guess like, yeah. no, but I think what, looking back at it, like, because I've seen so many uh, stage plays that were adapted into film and it's it, it's n- not the easiest thing to do, you know? Right. Uh, but I, I at the end, I kind of was like, oh, yeah, this is not this is not a, like a traditional film. Like this is a mm-hmm. stage play. And, you know, I, I, I kept I kept like switching into like the oh, I wonder what this would have been like if I was sitting in the in the stage. Didn't Christopher, your husband said he saw he saw it on Broadway. Yeah, he saw it on Broadway. Um, he's a big fan of this uh, Boys in the Band whole gig. And uh, yeah, so he he definitely connects and identifies with uh, the characters. Uh, I think that he could be three or four of them. Uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> love you, baby. <laughs> but you know, she, you know, when Christina uh, twinkles out, honey, she can read too. You know, and oh, so yeah. yeah, yeah, you don't want the other side of that either. So, she's sweet. <laughs> but that is our show, and fab. Thank you so much for listening to the chop, and we will see you on third. Well, you you won't see us, but you'll hear us on Thursday for our. Audio only episode. And next Tuesday for Latrice and my movie club, we will be watching the fabulously homosexual film Steel Magnolias. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So so go set your DVRs, honey. Oh my goodness. Check out my interview this week on a new podcast called This Is My Family. Um, it's with Tyler Green and really, really uh I I did not expect to have the moment uh that I had with him, but it was so beautiful sitting down and he's a great storyteller and he gets it all out of me. I didn't even I wound up boo-hoo-hooing. Listening back to a boo-hoo-hooing. But um, really uh, wonderful uh, interview. And you can hear more about my my life and how I became Latrice and what molded and shaped me to who I am today. So right. check out This Is My Family. Uh, yeah, that's that. And fabulous. Yeah. Yes. So thanks so much for listening to The Chop. Make sure you guys subscribe. Hit that button. I want to see you subscribe to our show. And then rate and review us. Uh, we, we like to be rated and reviewed. I mean, mm-hmm. we're from RuPaul's Drag Race. We're used to being judged. Come on. Yeah. Give it to <laughs> us. We have new episodes every Tuesday and every Thursday, bitches. And you can send us an email, um, and we might read it on the show next week. Send us the email, latriceandmanila at gmail.com. And you can follow us at Latrice Royale and at Vanilla Luzon. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you next week to find out who or what gets the chop. The chop is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names, pictures, and media clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Forever. To listen to The Chop ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. The Chop is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media. Mom. Hosted by Latrice Royale and Manila Luzon. Produced by Big Dipper. Mixed and mastered by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Bellai. Alaska Thunderfuck. Brett Boehm. Joe Cilio. And Alex Ramsey. 
Our theme song is The Chop by Manila Luzon and Latrice Royale.